And that's why this should never give you the source material file. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. Yes, for anybody who's following me on social media, I have now gotten the like full body file of the cartoon that our buddy Chris Wright made. And man, I have been putting that sucker to work. <laughs> The um, you won't see the thing that I made today on uh, on the YouTube channel until next week because that video has been done. Actually, I, I finished the shooting that video on Monday, hmm. which is I was like, I don't want to feel like rushed like I normally do. So I'll I'll just do it on Monday. And I did. And it was a good thing because more interesting things have happened and I, uh, I needed to fix a bunch of stuff. So all's well that ends well, I suppose. That's good. That's good. Uh, what about you? How's, how's your week going? You know, uh, pretty darn good. Um, came off a great, um, band rehearsal last, uh, Sunday and it's, um, you know, we're in this phase of discovery. It's a thing that's so great when a band is first getting together, first finding themselves, first sort of meeting musically. And it's, it's, um, the first several hours of practice room time are just delicious, you know, cause there's yeah. the futures wide open. You're just, Oh, what about this song? And you know, that, that whole dynamic is, is fully yeah. in play and, um, and then, you know, s- still surprising each other still, um, you know, my, my bassist is, uh, 22 and is shockingly as into eighties alternative rock as I was when I was 14. Yeah. You know, I mentioned that I was, you know, I was at 14, I was super into all that stuff. And she's like, you know who I loved was Echo and the Bunny Man. I was like, we got to do Killing Moon. Like <laughs> we have to do that song. No one's going to love it, but the two of us, but we're doing it. Um, yeah. So it's just great to be kind of in that creative, juicy space. It's a, it's a really good thing. For sure. Um, and then I did the trivia first time back after holidays and COVID last week. I will say that uh, TV themes is not a great topic for TV. Now trivia, it turns out because um, um, either I watched some really crazy TV. They didn't recognize the theme to um, uh, Ted Lasso. In fact, nobody in the room yeah. really kind of heard of I'm Ted sorry. Lasso. Yeah. No, I know, I know, I know. It's Mumford, for Christ's sake. Like, you got to know it. But, yeah, it's Marcus Mumford. Um, well, they didn't recognize Better Call Saul. They didn't recognize Letter Kenny, which I guess I can't blame them. Um, they sure got, you know, um, Friends and, you know, some of the other ones. Yeah. It's not a knock on them. It's well, that you, I sit up late at night watching weird-ass TV and thinking that everyone does that. Well, yeah, there's that. And it's also, like, because um, streaming platforms, things are so fragmented, like, right. some stuff just hasn't even gotten to people. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, I think of Ted Lasso as just, like, a global phenomenon. But the reality is, like, it's on Apple TV and that's its audience. That's so, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great, but, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just not it's, everybody gets yeah, to see it. yeah. Um, uh, now I do have a bit of a gear narrative. <laughs> okay. Well, I did want to, I did want to mention that I, uh, I had band practice too. Oh, let's do that first. Yes. So yeah, we, um, warped, uh, came over to the hoose and, um, we, uh, we went through the stuff that we're going to do for that, uh, live stream. It's not even a live stream. It's being done in a live streaming studio, but I'm pretty sure it's just going to be recorded and then played back. And at some point, good. Um, got all the tech stuff kind of sorted out with that today. Uh, did get the front of house rig slash in-ear rig back. And, um, one of the Sennheiser mics has to go off to Sennheiser just will not power on. Hmm. Don't know what it is. Um, but we, we were down a, a, an in-ear pack and a wireless mic. And now we're only down a wireless mic, which I guess is a good thing. Cause we got the in-ears that's improvement. Uh, sorted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So it was just cool to be like, I hadn't played with those guys since the last time we played. Um, another interesting thing that happened is that the band that we did that show with, uh, the tribute band out of New York, they're doing a Southeastern run this summer. And they're like, hey, do you guys want to come? And then I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then I looked at the routing. I was like, there's no way, hmm. no way we can do this. Because it's like, I think the day, three days before our our date that we're going to be, we will be doing at least one show with them. We'll do it in Atlanta like we did last time. Um, there's, there are three states away and there's at least one state in between the states that you're going to. <laughs> okay, but is any of them North Carolina? Um, there is a South Carolina date. Where in South Carolina? Uh, maybe Columbia. I'll have to look. I'm just saying it might be the final, finally the opportunity for all of Cover Band Confidential to be in a room be. together if you were going to be. It might could be because that one is yeah. a, um, that's a Saturday night show the week before the one we do in Atlanta. Right. So I like Columbia a lot. It's a good town. Might could be it. Yeah, we'll, the night before we'll we're playing, they're doing, um, they're going to be in New Orleans. So I, we would have to drive from New Orleans to Atlanta, which uh, is insanity. Rough. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. And, um, you want to talk about gear and I've got a gear thing. So I'll go ahead and let you lead and then I'll hop on. Sure. When so my time goes. you know, I've, I've now been um, rehearsing with the quad cortex uh, guitar effects pedal and a yep. TC Helicon voice live three extreme vocal effects pedal. And they're both within 10% of the same size Then neither of them big, but um, I recently then added the uh, line six G 50 relay wireless. So that's now another yep. box that's sitting on the floor in front of me. And now I have three boxes to tote around. When it was just two, when I connected them together, it wasn't the end of the world, but now it's unwieldy. So the point is it's time to put it on a board. It's time to put this on a pedal yep. board, the, the cortex and the vocal pedal. But the problem there is together, the two of them are more than two feet wide, which means the 24 inch <laughs> pedal board that I've had is not going to cut it. Ain't going to cut it. And at the same time, that that voice live, the TC Helicon Voice Live 3 Extreme is an amazing box and does about 10 times more stuff than I use in it. So I was yeah. shopping for, let me slim this down, something smaller footprint, smaller feature set, yep. just targeted what I do. And I found the Boss VE500, which uh, yeah. came a few weeks ago and I've been playing with it. And I think I kind of like it. I think it's kind of okay. Um, but I did still have kind of some saved searches and fingers in the wind. Um, there actually is a device a specific device that is just the features from the voice live three extreme that I use in a much smaller mm -hmm. footprint. That device, my friend is the voice live play GTX, which is what you use. Yeah. Yeah. I'm using it right now. There you have it. So those went out of production in 2014. The one of them did. Yes. The GTX. Now there was also a version for electric guitar and a version for acoustic guitar. I believe the acoustic Correct. is still being built, but not the electric and the point is mm -hmm. they come up on eBay or, or re, uh, reverb and uh, who, who knows they're, they're, yeah. the, the one that you really want is either the electric or the GTX that mm -hmm. I want the, the, the acoustic one doesn't have a guitar through. It really wants to be a guitar effects pedal and, 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 a a, a, a DI box for, for the acoustic guitar yeah. too, which I'm not interested in any of that. Um, well, a GTX was up on reverb and it was in my price range for experimenting with stuff. And so I pulled the trigger mm -hmm. on it and it came yesterday morning and I used it at the acoustic trivia last night, having dialed in one patch that was the reverb exactly set up the way my voice live three was. Yep. And, it, and it was perfect. It was perfect. It's perfect. So can I tell you how I got my TC Helicon voice live play GTX? How did you do it? Uh, so I had bought a TC Helicon mic mechanic. 
Oh, yeah. And I uh, was intending to use that as my vocal chain for a couple of cover projects. And I used it maybe once or twice, and then it broke. Oh. And so I uh, created an RMA with TC Helicon and shipped it off, and they shipped me back a voice live play GTX. Okay. Yeah. That's all she wrote. That's so all that's, she wrote. that's that's the trick. If you want to get one, don't start with one. Yeah, or yeah, that's, that's how you get one. I wonder. I mean, if this one, if this thing breaks, what will they ship me? Probably a Voice Live Three, right? It's the only thing I'm aware Especially, of. Or that maybe they've got like a whole set of these that are you know in it's, a warehouse. It's weird. I don't. Maybe, maybe, but I, I, it, I can't tell if this whole concept for this device is like out of fashion or what, because. Um, Nobody seems to be really making one currently, and it's it's strange. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wondering if they're kind of seeing the writing on the wall with the way that DSP is starting to be incorporated into these like portable PA systems. Well, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, the, the real promise, of course, is that the quad cortex will eventually have a smart harmonizer and be able to do all of those same effects on both a guitar and a vocal chain at the same time, and then I can ditch the right. the, the standalone um, vocal box. Um. That's that's the hope, and and they kind of have that on the roadmap, but no no sense of time, and I'm not going to wait around. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I'm sure it's in the pipeline at some point. Uh, yeah, the point is, there's um um there is now a small footprint, uh, exactly the thing, and and I have a Boss VE500 that I'll probably play around with. Maybe maybe I'll end up using that standalone for when I don't also need all the other effects. But the other thing, right. putting the stuff on the board, and, and is going to enable me to do is to bring my Digitech freakout back out of the closet. It's the one thing that no go. modeler has been able to emulate. And it's such a glorious pedal. It's so musical and great and just produces these weird feedback effects that are great. And um, for when I had, when I was on an analog pedal board, it was always on. Um, and if you put it through overdrive, it screamed. And if you didn't, it was just sort of some nice tone. And um, anyway, looking forward to having that guy back in the play. So cool beans. Yeah. So my gear thing is uh, the Line 6 3.15 release yes. that came out on Tuesday. Yes. Um, you know, we typically are expecting like big things to happen when they do version releases. So you're looking at version 2, version 3, version 4. But 3.15, they just decided they're like, all right, well, we're just going to drop a bunch of things it's that weren't there before. It is a biggie. So they um, they added uh, a couple of the Ampeg legacy products. There was like a compressor and a phaser, and then uh, a bunch of Line Six original stuff that they added, including a shimmer verb. All of that like washy, uh, echoey, uh, octavey, you know, worship stuff that we've been I've been using four or five pedals to make. They now have in a single deal. Yep. The one that I'm really excited about, though, is this new Vonto amp that they designed. So it's not a real amp. It's a Line 6 original amp. And the concept around it lies, well, what about like if we took like a vintage, like mid-70s Fender, mid-70s Orange and made like a theoretical, like a, an imaginary boutique amp around those kind of parameters? Mm. And uh, I literally spent five minutes putting a patch together, very similar to the way that like the uh, Rev one that I set up and the Rockover one that I set up and like it slams. It really does. And it's, I was literally <laughs> like, this is it. This is the one that I'm playing now. 
and uh, it, it it really kind of splits the difference of the uh, the other amps that I'm using for that kind of mid to heavy gain sound, and it just crunches. It's really really good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it, it was a big exciting release. I will say I have not put it on my LT, and it may be a while before I do. Quad Cortex brought out a release this last week too that included finally a looper um, mm-hmm. and redesigned how the scene assignment parameter stuff works uh, in some ways that broke some people's stuff. Um, it was all in the docs, but if you didn't read them, that was kind of on you. And so, yeah, there's some really cool um, kind of workflow features that they added to the, uh, to the Helix stuff as well. Um, one of them being like, there's not a really good way to explain it, but like the best way I can kind of wrap my brain around it is like stackable uh, snapshots hmm. where you can basically have one button that's like snapshot up. So instead of having nice, you know, on the HX stomp, you've got three buttons total. So I don't normally do snapshot mode because I'd rather have like the, the ability to turn a boost on or turn the delay on kind of willy nilly. But it does make it very interesting where you could set up multiple snapshots and literally one button kind of cycles through them. So like if you were doing like a cert, like a set and you wanted different parameters or different kind of configurations of like the same amp, the same kind of like channel strip, you could do that and just kind of advance through them with a single button and then use that other one for whatever it is you want to do, use it for. So that's good. And so on, on the stomp, the HX stomp, do you, when you have different sounds you need, you actually set up different patches. You, you do, you transport across patches during the show. And that's because Mm -hmm. of the, the fact that it only has three buttons. When when, on, on my LT, I set up scenes and stuff and I had plenty of buttons to do that with. Right. But um, I am finding that on, um, and, and I operated the same way with the Voice Live Extreme that had six buttons. But mm. the smaller thing that only has two, and frankly, one's an up and one's a down, and then one's a hit, right? The, yeah. the trick is to set up separate patches that are variations with certain features turned on and off in um, certain certain blocks. Which is which is funny. The, the, uh, the Voice Live, I literally use one patch. It's the uh, Radio Harmony one, which is three-part harmony with a little bit of delay on it. And that's literally the only one I use. Yeah. Yeah. I built one from scratch with just a, just a high harmony. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, I've got to play the, the Explorer a bit more, which I, you know, I had, I was like, I'm putting this thing away. And I brought the Steinberger back out, which has been great. But then, you know, I was like, well, I've got a, a punk thing that I've got to do. So the Explorer comes back out. So but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been cool. It's awesome. fun to actually have reasons to pick a guitar up and do something. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little bit, seems like. All right. All cut up. I think that, I th- yeah, let's, let's get into uh, the meat of the thing. Awesome. So um, we have just kind of found that the concepts around what we're talking <laughs> about on YouTube also warrant longer more in-depth conversations on the podcast so this is another one of those where the video that's coming out on youtube on friday is going to be the topic we are covering uh for this week's episode that being and again we're all about the we love the lists so this is five (laughs) things that you need to do to be considered a professional musician so the first thing that we that i wanted to kind of broker was what I consider the barrier of entry for that term, professional musician. What makes a professional musician? 
What are your thoughts around that? Well, it's a it's a it's a real occasion for gatekeeping, isn't it? Because there are people who are going to really fight that professional means full time or exclusively, or it's your it, you know your whole source of income is from gigging and maybe even teaching is a little bit slumming it. Um, right. It's not that I don't I disagree with that particular assessment. I think basically you make a dollar playing music, you are a professional. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is, is that even guys who play with like big name artists are not making their entire completely revenue off of performing and recording. Yep. So saying that it, it only these people are considered professionals is I would say, yeah, gatekeeping is a good way to say it or disingenuous or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just not realistic anymore. Right. Right. You're right. going to have to have like, if you want to play music as like your primary source of income or like a big chunk of your income, you're going to have to do other things as well. There's going to be some side hustly options yeah. for you to pursue. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the way, the way that I boiled it down was uh, if you play music for money regularly. Hmm. What does regularly mean? Whatever you want it to be. Fair. So if it's five gigs a week, it's five gigs a month, five gigs a year, that's still regularly. It's regular. It's not it's a one. On, so, it's on. Yeah. So here's what you're saying. Somebody who has a gig once and then never does it again, we're, not, we're, we're excluding that. Sure. But the If you want to go even further than that, if your band plays out for more than a bar tab, you're a professional. I like it. I think it's the easiest way to kind of boil that down. I like it. I think there is a, there is a fair distinction called pro-am, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, um, I don't know. Prosumer we, weekend warrior, you know, is a term, yeah. is a term we use, um, you know, blues lawyer is one, one you like, um, you know, cause, cause there is a difference I think between the people I know who are, who really are full time. They make all their money from music, maybe not performing, maybe also, you know, I mean, I know some people who, teach and create content and you know there's mm -hmm. sort of multi-channel people but it's all based around music it's all based around performance right. um that's a different that's a different mindset from somebody like me who's got a day job and then organizes their off hours for 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 this um both professionals for sure but but i think different there's just a different mindset about it there's a different kind of focus to that um yeah I admire those people who are full-time and making their living on it full-time. I thought there's no way I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I admire it. I admire the hell out of it, but I, it's not for me. Yeah. The, the one thing that I was trying to like get to was that I think by lowering the barrier of entry, yes. I think it introduces a lot of potential for people who wouldn't necessarily consider themselves professionals to start behaving like professionals and how that could be very beneficial to all of us. There you go. There you go. There, yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. You know, yeah. If your band plays out for more than a bar tab, here's how you should be behaving. That may, mm -hmm. that may, be, that may be the message of this, uh, of this piece of content. Yeah. Yeah. So because it's the best way to do this is to make it as digestible as possible. It's always going to be, there's going to be a countdown. There's going to be a top something uh, this week. Like last week, it's five, but it's good. It's a good five instead of last week, which was a bad five mm. with the toxic mindsets. We're doing, we're doing things that you should be doing 
so that other people see you as professional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so your so, career as a professional works basically. Right. And, and this is more around the player who's looking to go pro or you just moved to a new town and you're trying to establish yourself in the market or you're trying to get in the corporate band world as a sub or maybe trying to join a band that's already got an established following. These are the things that you need to prioritize, the things you need to deliver in order for the people around you to go, this guy or this gal knows what they're doing. Yeah, and that's the I, whole... And I want to work with them. Exactly. I yeah. want to hire them. Right. I want them to represent me and all of those good things. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, five things professional musicians do that you need to do as well. Number one, you ready? Let's do it. You need to be competent on your instrument. Hmm. Well, there's what one... What does competent yeah, mean? Yeah, there's one word we got to unpack in that. Yeah. So competency doesn't necessarily mean you are all things to all people. It really means that whatever job you have or aspire to, your skills and or abilities meet or exceed that material. Yeah, there's a baseline. There's, there's, like, a, there's like a bottom edge to competent that you clear. Um, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like a wide swath. It, it can be a very specific lane. It mm -hmm. can be, you know, just that basement competency. Um, if, if that meets the gig, um, mm -hmm. you know, listen, listen, uh, a Van Halen tribute. I am not yep. a competent guitarist. Right. Right. Uh, for that. Um, I, I also think competence Here's here's the thing that I would say that is that is that is sort of captures what I just said plus what I was just about to say. So yeah. I think competence is contextual. So if the oh, if the gig is you're going to play Eddie Van Halen, boy, I got a lot of work to do to get competent at that. If the gig yep. is in um, Nashville, mm -hmm. right, the level of competence is much higher there than in a lot of other markets. Um, mm -hmm. So it it does it's not just I can kind of get through it. It it is I can get through it to the expectations that are set for what the job is or higher or higher. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, that's always where, where you want to be. And I think the first thing that you need to do as a musician is to be realistic about what your skill set is. Yep. I think, you know, what gets players in trouble is saying or committing to being able to do something when they can't. Right. So that's where a lot of people, maybe they get a shot to do the bigger things, to get into the, you know, the higher tier in their market, but they overpromise and underdeliver and kind of blow that shot. Yeah. So it's really important that you understand what it is that you, you can do and don't, you know, don't trick yourself into thinking that you are something that you are not. For me, I am basically four things. I'm a solid rhythm player. I'm an 
okay bass, um, sorry, an okay lead player. I'm a pretty good rock bass player and I'm a very competent vocalist. Yep. So if a gig crosses my desk that fits one of those categories or multiple categories, then that feels like a gig that I can say yes to. But like you said, sometimes you get a call and it's like, hey, I need a lead guitar player who can, you know, cover Van Halen. And I was like, well, I've got like a really small lane that I can fill. Right. Like if it's Panama, sure. I could I can do that. All right. There's like a handful of of licks that I can kind of cobble together to yeah. to get through yeah. that section. Yeah. But um, if it's no no no, I really need you to do eruption. Mm-hmm. I I would think twice about taking that gig. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I also would. Yeah. Now there's, there's So just well, there's, yeah, go ahead. so before we finish out one, uh, was that where you were about to land one? Because one other thing to say about that, which is that the, the flip side of it is I think a lot of people get stopped by thinking the bar of competent is way higher than it is. Also true. I think there are a lot of people who don't step into this thing called professional because they don't think their skills are high enough. And I will tell you, um, in certain contexts, it's way lower than you think. Um you know, uh, 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 I, you know, as you rattled off your four things there, um, I'm, I'm not a particularly good bass player, but the other things you said, I'm, you know, I found myself in what you said. I'm, I'm, yeah, my range is different from yours, but within mine, I'm quite a credible vocalist and I'm a darn good rhythm player and I can kind of hold my own on solos. Um, yep. um, but you know, there, there was a time before I sort of came back to guitar and came back to gigging where I really looked at my skills and felt like, oh, there's no, there's no way there, you know, the people who do this for real, no, I'm not that. And then somebody kind of insisted I come over and jam with them. And I realized I really actually could hang. And yeah. so competent is, there's a wide range of competent and it does depend on context and it does depend on who you're with and who can bring you up by playing with them. Um, and I do think a lot of people get hung up on like, well, okay, but I'm not proficient. Yeah. I haven't mastered it. You know, there are maybe three people I know who I would say have mastered guitar and they, well, one of them would say he has, the other two would say, no, you know, I like other people consider me a master, but I know I'm still working. Right. Um, Guthrie. Um, so be competent on your instrument, but know what that means. It's a, it's, it's not a simple statement. Yeah, for sure. And in certain things, you know, there are some soft skills that you could, you could work on. Like I would say that like my improv, my improvisation is not super great. Cause I feel like I've really engineered my playing around, like replicating things that are on records. Mm. And so I'm very kind of locked in on those things. Yeah, And so Certain things, certain gigs that are more improvisationally focused, I may not have, you know, I may not be the sure, right fit. But. Sure. Similarly, my, my, my lead playing when I do improvise tends to be very melodic, very musical, and not very technical, right? So yeah. if I'm covering something that's super technical, I'm, I may not be the guy for that. Yep. So speaking of not necessarily being the guy, the next uh, criteria is you need to have the right gear Got for the job right that gear. you're doing. Yep. And gear means more than just gear. Say you more just about basically that. need to show, yeah, you need to show up looking and like basically like you're already, you're already in the, you already are in the band. Yeah. 
So that means you basically blend with whatever else is going on. So it's the right, you have to have the right guitar or bass or drum set or whatever. Uh, you need to match the level of gear that the other people on stage have. Yep. And it needs to be consistent with what they are accustomed to. So if they play with Kempers, then you need to have some sort of direct solution. And if they play with live amps, you need to have a live amp mm -hmm. there. You have to make sure that you are, you're bringing the right tools to the job that you're doing. You know, that's really true. I was, when I was playing with that jam band, Viva La Muerte, they were all live amp players, very old school kind of tech stuff. Um, the lead guy bought a pedal. It was exciting. It was a big day. Like a whole pedal. Yeah, it was like at one. Canyons. It was, um, who is it? Uh, it was a really nice effect on That's vibrato. Seymour Duncan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a nice pedal and it made, made a difference. It's like a shimver delay yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it was pretty and, yeah. and, it, and it sounded nice and he used it well in his compositions. It was it was good, but it, that was his pedal. Um, mm -hmm. And I was a, I was doing the Helix then, so I, I bought the Line 6... Um, Power remember, Stage? Pa yeah, the, the, the amp, the Flat Reflex, uh, you know, yeah, FRFR thing that, um, the, and because I needed to blend in with here, we're in the room, there is no PA. I mean, there is, but the, only the vocals are going into it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> so I had to figure out a way to have live amplification as if it was an amp of my Helix rig. Yeah. Um, because I mean, yeah. that, I mean, that's, that's why these are still here. Like yeah. I haven't used a live amp on stage in a while, right. but I still am affiliated with a couple of groups that use amps on stage. So I hang on to them because yeah. they I might need them at some point. Yeah. It's interesting. The way that you, the way that you wrote this item, number two, isn't have the best gear. Mm -hmm. It's have the right, right. gear for the job, mm -hmm. which means it has to blend in. It has to be, you know, you can't be throwing sound people a curve with your, you know, stereo guitar rig. I was going to say your Radio Shack nonsense, but yes, that's well, also that. <laughs> that too. Now there's, there's definitely both sides of this. You can come in over or under prepared for those kinds of things, Yes, but you also don't want to be, you don't, you don't want to be that extra person either. Right. That's like, I can't, my sound has to be these two amps and they have to be on opposite sides of the stage. And I have to, you know, have clean power on this and the, you know, you don't want to be that don't guy. Don't be that either. guy. Yeah. So yeah, and and that again, that goes with what you're wearing. It goes with um, how you like how you act on stage too. Yep. Like the whole idea is to blend with what is going on. Yep. So if they're high energy, go for it. If they're chilled out, try to match the vibe. Like you really, you know, normally we're talking about performance. We're talking about being the thermostat, not the thermometer. If you're filling in, or if you're trying to like break into something. Be the thermometer. Yeah. Like take the temperature of the stage and try to stay within it. Right. Right. Stay in that sweet spot. Yeah. Yep. So that's number two. What's number three? Don't stick out. Number three is you need to know the material. What? Yeah. Dang. So it's it's not enough to be good. I think a lot of people settle on, well, I'm good. Right. I've definitely tried to hire people who said they could do something because they were good. And then they showed up to a rehearsal and were not prepared. 
they were just thinking that like I can play over this and and that's enough. Right. Um, I feel like that is particularly problematic with some guitar players and drummers. Really, I was going to say bassists. I feel like I don't know. I mean, I guess it's all experiential. It's what you know, what you have. Yeah. I have not had that particular experience where a bass player is necessarily just like oh, i'm just gonna play whatever i'll tell you i've had uh i've had a couple and um the more recent of those um was a really 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 good bass player it was really good it was really good mm-hmm. um and it reminded me of when i graduated high school and went to college i pretty much got my high school degree on the strength of just being smart and i never had yeah. to work i never had to i didn't work at all in high school i was just smart i could just pull it off and then I yep. went to college and that stopped being an effective strategy and I was unprepared and I crashed and burned for, for a couple of semesters until I figured out how to work. Right. Um, and that was what this guy reminded me of. Like he, he had huge ears by the end of the song. He had the song, but he did not have yeah. it in the first verse. And he, despite several times of that happening in the practice room and several times of, Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'll work that out. And then he'd come in next, not having worked it out because he's just yeah. too good a musician to shed, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, knowing the material. <laughs> that's that's just yeah. that's just about hours spent learning the material. Mm-hmm. If you're going to know the material, what you have to do is learn the material, and that's a task. Yep. And it is a, it is a um I I feel like it is a part of the hiring process that you need to price out. Mm. So if somebody calls me and they go, hey, I need a guitar player for uh, for an 80s gig. That is going to mean that, you know, the first thing I always ask is someone goes, hey, can you play yada yada? I go, send me the set list. Yeah. And then what I do is I compare that against what I already know. And then I start factoring in what do I need to work? Like how much time do I need to dedicate to this outside of if there are rehearsals and that kind of thing. But I feel like there's another part of this process that a lot of people don't factor in. Um, and I feel like there's there's two sides of this that are kind of contingent on one another. Now, as, as a band leader, or as a person who is hiring a musician, you need to set the proper expectations on what are like deal breakers as far as like how familiar you are, how accurate, how closely you're honoring the recordings, but also on the musician who is being hired, they need to ask the questions and do the research around, well, how do you play it? Mm -hmm. Are there like special stops? How do you end the song? Is this tied into another one? Like really going through the arrangements with a fine tooth comb and, learning not just the way that the song goes, but the way that the band plays the song. Right. Both. I feel like both of those are, are super, super important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the material doesn't mean the source material. It means the performing material. Unless it is. It could be, could be the same, but not necessarily. So like a good example of that is um, I, I did, I, I, I did a short-lived stint as Keith Richards in a Rolling Stones tribute. Nice. And that one was basically all of this. The source material is Get Your Yaya's Off, which is a live album from, you know, kind of the late 60s 
era that they were kind of aping. So it was, I basically just had to listen to the recordings and, you know, follow the structure that way because they had decided that this is the thing that they're going to do. But like I did, um, I did that fill in with that group, the potentials, uh, middle of last year. And they, they did their own arrangements of a lot of things Mm -hmm. and they recorded all of that stuff. And that's what I, I was using their live performance recordings as the things that I was shedding to prep for that show. Good. Yeah. And you walked in prepared. You knew what was going to be performed. Yep. You know, save a couple of moments where like I, because you're, you're still onboarding stuff and you have brain farts in the middle of the show and whatever. Uh, Yeah. You, you do want to come in and be like, yeah, I did the thing that you, you guys do. And now I can hop in if, uh, if it happens again. So, yep. Yep. So yeah, learn the material, be a student, communicate. It's all very, all very important. You ready to move on to the number four? Let's talk about number four. Number four is basically the entire hour log episode we had last week, which is <laughs> you need to be easy to get along with. Yeah. Don't be toxic. So don't be toxic, one, but also just like do the thing that you've been asked to do and don't draw attention to yourself unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like, you know, if you're subbing, say, say you're subbing with an established band, um, there's going to be hangout time. There's going to be hang time. And, um, I don't know, drawing attention to yourself may not be the wrong thing then. I I think, I think, but the point is be, be a person, (laughs) be a good hang, be, uh, um, you know, be someone people want to be around and, and because it is social ultimately it is we're working with people. And, and so all of those people skills that we're either good or bad at come into play. Well, and live music is a fluid collaborative yeah. medium. Yeah. And so you as a person, your attitude, your personality, like you are either contributing to or taking away from whatever vibe is going on on stage. Exactly right. So. And off stage, you know, listen, there's times that you hang out in the rehearsal room. There's times that you hang out in the green room. There's times that you're with the band being just hanging out with the band. There's times, you know, what, what's it like at the end of the night when everyone's packed up and you're standing in the parking lot and it was like, yeah, hey, man, good show. Like, are you part of the team that put it on then? Or are you like, yeah, whatever, I'm out of here. You, you know, yeah. the, the, how you are with people has everything to do with your future earning potential, every part of it. So, um, it's, so it is, it is like, how am I contributing to the vibe on stage? How am I being part of the message we're putting across to an audience? But it's also just, am I, am I an acceptable hang? Yeah. I mean, I would say hang is equally important, if not more important than chops. Yeah. If I had to choose between chops or hang, I will pick hang like every time. Given, given be competent on your instrument. Number one is cleared. Yeah. Fully. Yep. Yeah. If you if you are a better guitar player, but you are an absolute ball ache to hang around, I I don't I, I won't necessarily ask you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So just again, it's it's draw attention to yourself if it's necessary, but don't draw unnecessary attention to yourself, and be amiable, be friendly, uh, contribute to the fun part of what it is that you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, look, there are people who really make life of the party work and everybody loves mm-hmm. them and it's great, right? And they're not doing that to diminish anything else. They're, they're being that way is a contribution. So, but that's authentic to them. That's, that's, you know, and, 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 and those people, I don't know, those of you listening who you were just like, oh yeah, that's me. You know who you are, right? Um, uh, and those of you who are like, oh my God, that's not me. You know who you are too, right? Adam, I know which, yep. which of those you are. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, we know this. About I, can, ourselves. I can be, I can be the life of the party, but it's a very like, I got to be in the right headspace. Right. To, to yeah, absolutely. Guy. And then there's the guy who like, that's just his natural way of being like, you know, so I'm not sure don't draw attention to yourself is, is the message here. It's just more like do what works socially. And you really do know yep. what that is. In most cases, yep. people really do know what that is. Don't try to put on some airs. Don't try to be something you're not. Just be, just yeah. be a person, just be, just, and just be authentic. Be the person you are. Um, well, and also like, it is a skill that you develop over time. I have definitely been not that person. Mm-hmm. I have definitely taken away from uh, the vibe on stage. I have sure. definitely yeah. drawn we, we, unnecessary attention to myself. We've all done that. Uh, for one reason or another. And those are just lessons that you learn. And, you know, typically, I'm just one of those people that has to screw up in order to, like, learn something. <laughs> I can't just like take good advice. I have to actually like crash and burn. It has to, to be like, like a per- personal, but you have to give the advice to yourself personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like, hey, you shouldn't have done that past tense. Like, oh, wow. I guess I shouldn't have. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody told me I shouldn't do that. And now I know why. All right. Last and certainly not least, yep. number five is you need to do a good job. And it feels kind of redundant when you look through the be competent have the right gear, know the material, be easy to get along with. But do a good job means a lot of different things. Yes. And it's, I think this is the one that I think people take for granted Mm. because there are certain ways of looking at that as uh, as a target. So I showed up and I played well. Okay. Were you a pain in the butt? Were you late? Did you, you know, did you do XYZ? Like those aren't necessarily you playing well is just a certain like a a a fraction of the total job at hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then <clears throat> kind of begs the question, what is the job? Yeah. Right. On a certain level, if you are um, going to be a hired gun or a or a sub or or even a band member, there is a job to be done that is actually bigger than the delivery of notes. Yep. Right. Um, it has to do with the delivery of. Look, you know, for me, I'm going to do it. Here's we here we go. For me, it all yeah. goes back to branding. Mm-hmm. Because a brand is a promise that you make to an to a. Uh, a customer group, right? A brand, a brand is a, a promise of an experience they're going to have interacting with you. And ultimately each member of the band, their job is to deliver on that promise. Yep. So, you know, and that promise can be as varied as brands are, which is to say very, very varied. And, um, you know, it's all over the, it's all over the place. A shoegaze band has a certain promise and, a pop punk 
tribute act has a certain promise and they're just, they're, they're just very broad in what they could be. But then the delivery of what this band is there to do, that's your job. And it includes the notes that you emit and it includes how you do it and what you look like doing it. And, um, everything you put across, uh, in the performance of that and the rehearsal of that and the time spent with the other people in that job with you. Um, mm-hmm. it's just very, a very comprehensive thing to say is do, do a good job. It's a very, uh, uh, it's a, it's a broad statement. <laughs> well, so a couple of things that I would say contribute to the totality of doing a good job. It would be showing up on time or early. It would be having all the things that you need. Like, you know, you're not missing picks or cables or what have you. Um, you don't necessarily get carried away with the bar tab. <laughs> you have a good time and you contribute to the good time that everybody else is having. You're nice to the staff and the people that are working with, you know, the, the band that you're with. And then you play the thing that all the right notes and you put on a good show that is in line with everything else that the bit, the, players around you are doing and then you are a team player for all of the other stuff you're you know you engage with the patrons and you help clean things up and you do all of the other stuff that you know is a part of the gig yeah it's all it's all of those things it is in i all right i think in the majority of cases it is I can imagine bands whose brand includes get there just in the nick of time and be unprepared. I can imagine a band whose brand includes get plastered and play shittily. Right. Uh, Imagine a punk band, right. That's like religious about showing up on time with all their picks in their pockets. Right. That's it's, that would be off brand actually. So, right. But is that what a professional musician does? Well, those ones. Right. But in this context of the conversation, the perception of what is a professional is what can you do to appear as a professional externally? Yeah. And, and well, listen, and I think it depends on understanding the context and understanding who's looking at you and who's hiring you and what their perception is and, and what the promises that you've made to them by getting hired for this gig. Um, so it's all very contextual. I say that, with that being like the 1% case, right? In 99% of the yeah. cases, the things you just said to do are the things to do. So don't let, don't let me distract from that being yeah. the most common fact for sure. I can't wait until somebody sends us an angry email that said, Dan said it was okay to, <laughs> you know, get hammered at the, at the punk gig. <laughs> well, look at the punk gig. Maybe it is. Don't, don't do know. Don't do it anywhere else. The problem is that the punk stuff is way harder for me to play and sing than a well, lot of the other things. Right, right. It is a bit more technical, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was my take on what, you know, what are the things that you need to do to be considered a professional musician Yep. in the marketplace? Yep. If you can do those things, um, a lot of things are going to happen. Mainly you'll, well, one, you'll pick up work. Uh, you'll build a reputation. You will more than likely establish a network of players uh, more opportunities will probably come your way. Like those are all things that uh, are kind of byproducts of doing 
the work that we're we're describing here. Yep. And it none of those things are particularly difficult. It doesn't take a specialist. Yeah. Yeah. So why do people struggle with it so much? I don't understand it. Well, I, again, I think it's about communication and expectations. I think yeah. if if you you're like, all right, well, I have these five things. Am I doing these five things? And if you can use that as kind of like the North Star that you orient your approach, maybe that makes it easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. I do think a lot of people are just sort of unconscious to how they're leaving people. Well, the other thing that that does kind of crack me up is that so many times in my career, I've not felt like a professional until I have landed in a situation where the things that I do second nature are not intuitive to the people around me. And then you go, Oh, I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a professional. Yeah. Yeah. But those aren't necessarily great feelings. I mean, maybe in the moment you're like, man, I really like, you know, if, if there was a, a hierarchy of musicians in this room, I was, I was at the top of that, yeah. you know, yeah. Top of that list. Yeah, I've had that experience. I watched a guy but, I watched a guy kick his guitar cable across the room, across the floor, because it was in his way and he wanted it to get over there. And so instead of picking it up, he kicked it across the like all the way across the practice room. I was like, when that's dead on you at the next gig, um I'll I'll we'll know why. Yeah. Well it's also like getting in a room to rehearse and then you realize, oh, I'm I'm the only person who prepared. Right. <laughs> Yes. Those moments. Yes. Oh, I guess we're not having so, rehearsal day. I guess today's about practice. Okay. Yeah. Let's regroup on that. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't feel like a colossal waste of right. my time. Right. 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 Well, that's my manifesto. That's like what it. I'm sticking with. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Don't let my quibbles take, take away from your uh, uh, <laughs> uh, position here. I, I 99% Listen, agree. If you want to hear just the one-sided <laughs> clean version of this. You can just tune into YouTube on Friday to see just my take. Yeah. Good. No devil's, no devil's advocate. Just, uh, just scripted, uh, regurgitation. Uh, this would be the shortest podcast in the world. If, uh, it wouldn't be have me to argue with you. I think there would be a large, uh, group of people who would be pretty stoked. There'd be, not, there'd be an audience. I'm not saying there's not. On an, yeah, yeah. On an 11 minute podcast yeah. like this. Yeah, that's true. But it wouldn't be half as entertaining for us. Yeah, we would. We would. Yes, we have fun. Indeed. Well, that's it. That's all I got. All right. I like it. Uh, this week, starting tomorrow night, I'm actually driving to, I'm actually driving to North Carolina. I'm going to be in at Beach Mountain. Okay. Uh, Doing some skiing. Uh, I'm chaperoning a Boy Scout trip. Fun. Driving uh, a gaggle of tween uh, age boys for five hours, five and a half hours each way. Well, if you need to escape, I'm right down the hill. I don't think that's going Probably to be possible. won't happen. Hey, speaking of <clears throat> big adventures, um, I went to a movie in a movie theater. Get out of town. I did for the first time in two years. I have a bunch of friends who um the ringleader of them uh grew up in knoxville and johnny knoxville mm -hmm. was a couple of years ahead of him in his high school and so mm -hmm. every time a new jackass movie has come out we have gone to it and i hate them i hate them um <laughs> uh but it's kind of tradition so we did we all went to the new jackass movie we were the only ones in the theater um 
and uh, it Jackass sets a low bar and then fails to clear it. But um, it's a it's a good tradition. It was good to hang with the guys and uh, and weird being in a movie. Theater. Seen, I've seen every single one of them, and I like even for that medium. I heard that Jackass Forever is like a hard R. Like the hardest of ours. Oh yeah. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember being. Um, um, no, that's not true. I was equally disgusted by all of those movies, but uh, but this one, this one's um, just it's just par for the course. You know. Yeah. It's 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 every bit as dumb as advertised. Love it. Yeah. Well, I hope that uh, your weekend coming up is ex- as exciting as you know what is probably going to be happening. Uh, for us this weekend. Yep. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you are looking for other ways to ingest this information, uh, we're going to be doing this probably on like a week or two week delay, but the a, con- a condensed-ish version of every podcast will be going onto YouTube as well. Uh, we're taking advantage of uh, the new artwork and trying to make it look zhuzhy and... Um, trying to, you know, just try different things. And some people who have been accustomed to the uh, short format stuff that I've been doing were very disappointed in the... <laughs> Why are these guys 30, still talking? <laughs> this 27 to 30 some odd minute conversation yeah. around us catching up and that kind of thing. So, yeah. uh, well, trying to make the sure actually was different like, flavors for everybody. I'm nine minutes in. You haven't started talking about the thing yet. I'm out. Yeah. Like, fair. I Fair. It is fair. And, and and again, if you're used to seven to ten minute videos that are very like tight and scripted, ha- scripted, yeah, uh, a free flowing conversation is going to be uh, different than that. It'll be a challenge. I I will say that I took that feedback to heart, you even didn't. though I didn't want to initially. I got a little, I was a little peeved. But like, no, you know what? I'll just put timestamps in the video so you can jump forward if that is uh something that you're into i love youtube timestamps on longer videos it's fantastic it's absolutely yeah. what we should be doing uh, time stamping so, our rambly you know content is sometimes gonna be challenging unless we are walking down a five-point list like today but um, yeah still it's it's good so yeah just being a lookout for that it'll be its own playlist we're getting so close to a thousand subscribers i'm very excited um the next hurdle we have to get is 4,000 public hours and I'm hoping that 30 minute to an hour long conversations <laughs> Might get us expedite that process yeah. slightly. Yeah. If you'd like to see our dumb faces while we talk with our dumb voices, don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, but, you know, Come we, to we, YouTube. We, we put some effort into the lighting and the ambiance. We did. Ambience, we did. You know, we did. To... We've zhuzhed it up. For sure. Yeah. Any of you guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate each and every one of you. We're coming up on episode 200. Uh, we do have a, like a, like a rough idea of something we may do uh, still kind of fleshing out whether that is what we end up doing, or we could just end up having a conversation like we had yeah. this evening. So yeah. who's to say either way, we appreciate all you guys love y'all be well, play shows from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson from Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the cover band confidential podcast for the week of February 11th, 2022. Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now I know you want to support this cast. 
So this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all the socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Always be performing!